Hey everyone, and welcome to the New Visionary Podcast, a podcast for artists who are ready to reach greater heights in their art careers. I'm your host, Victoria J. Fry, founder of Visionary Art Collective and New Visionary Magazine. Join me for inspiring conversations with some of the most inspirational visionaries in today's art world. Let's jump in. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the New Visionary Podcast. Today, we're chatting with Ekaterina Popova of Create Magazine and Alicia Puig of PXP Contemporary. Both of these amazing ladies and creative entrepreneurs have actually been on the podcast before, but today is really special because they are joining us together, and I can't wait to dive in. So welcome, Kat, and welcome, Alicia. Thank you so much for having us back. I'm so excited to chat. Yes, thank you, Victoria. We're really glad to be here. So excited that you are both here, and I cannot wait to learn more about the Creative Business Handbook, your recent publication. So I'd love to just launch in and learn a little bit about the inspiration behind this fabulous book, um, your intention as you went into writing it what that process sort of entailed, and ultimately the impact that you hope to create uh, with this incredible book. So tell us all the things. It really goes back to our first book, The The Complete Smartest Guide, where we tried to lay out a blueprint for emerging artists to really build their careers. And once that book had been out for a while, we realized that those artists, they were now seeking the next level. They wanted something bigger. They were excited, of course, about having more financial stability and just overall stability in their art careers. But then because they had that, they wanted to share that with more people. They wanted to build a community. Maybe they wanted to start a podcast like this. They wanted to start a magazine, run a gallery, do really any kind of um, venture within the creative realm. So we kind of put our heads together (laughs) And started to think about what would that blueprint look like for this next level if they wanted to start a business. And it does kind of follow the same format as the Complete Smartest Guide. We do have the chapters, and then at the end, we have action steps. We also have interviews with other amazing entrepreneurs because we fully admit that we don't know everything. And there are also so many different paths to success as a creative entrepreneur, as well as an artist. So we tried to really find people doing things that were different than what we do to give a broader perspective of what it's like to be a successful creative entrepreneur today in 2023. Um, So I think that kind of gives a, a little overview of how it started, what inspired it, who it's for, you know, it's really for anyone who has that creative passion and they're looking to, to do something with it and just really need that, that map, that roadmap. That's kind of what we had in mind as we were starting to write it. I don't know if you want to pick up here, Kat, (laughs) tackle the other questions. Yeah, totally. That was a great, that was a great summary of an intro about the book. I think for me, I love helping people, obviously. I started coaching a few years ago, and I get a lot of questions all the time, <laughs> both on the magazine side and on the art queens, as well as my personal art. And I think for me, I noticed that a lot of people are not interested in building a business per se, but they want to 
support themselves, be self-employed. And I remember hearing about this, like this frustration, this disconnect. Okay, here's my dream. Here's my goal. I really want to do what I love. But then all the other stuff, the business tips and pathways, they all seem so overwhelming. So I think for me, just as an artist, I remember what that was like and how how the unknown just seemed like this mountain. And I really just wanted to create something that can help other people who are also not business minded. <laughs> I like, I joke about this. I mentioned this on other podcasts, but like I Googled 90% of the terms because like, I know what I was doing. I just couldn't label it. So it's not about necessarily knowing everything, having a, you know, an MBA. It's just about knowing what to do and you feel stuck and having a guy, like Lisa said, it's a blueprint. It's not perfect for everyone. And there's going to be gaps. Obviously you're going to have to do your own research, but we just wanted some structure. Cause I know when our nervous system kicks in, when we're panicking, when we're like, crap, this isn't working. What do I do? I just wanted a resource for people like me that could just be like, okay, things aren't great right now, or this isn't working, but what can I do next? And I think that's like the premise of it. And even before this book, I created a little course called the creative business startup guide. And it was, the premise was similar where I just wanted people to stop feeling overwhelmed and just break it into like these little steps. So we did that in what six chapters we have in this book or yeah, six juicy chapters. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. I just want to say that I'm so deeply inspired by both of you, all that you have accomplished and continue to accomplish, and also just your willingness and dedication to supporting artists and entrepreneurs and really anyone who is interested in launching a creative business because there really is so much unknown. Um, that I think it's like the more resources we have, the better. And I think what you both do so well is you outline things that I think can be perceived as like quite complicated, but you sort of frame it in a way that I think is really accessible and easy to understand for someone who, like you said, does not have an MBA or any background in business, but it's approachable to them. And through the Smartest Guide and the Creative Business Handbook, they can get an understanding uh, and sort of have like a roadmap for where to go next. Because I think it's, there's so many parts of growing, not just launching, but also growing and like maintaining a creative business that I think for many artists and creative entrepreneurs, there can be a little bit of like analysis paralysis, especially at the beginning, which is it's, you know, you never want that to be what stops the dream, like the logistics, like, and I think that that can happen sometimes. So I just really appreciate the work that you're doing. Um, When you wrote the smartest guide, so just dialing back to that, and you have both spoken a little bit about it uh, when I had each of you on the podcast before, but when when you decided to write that book, I remember, I think you both shared, I also remember Alicia chatting about this, that you weren't expecting it to be the success that it became. So can you tell us a little bit about that experience? We, Alicia and I, we had this ritual. We still do. We actually did this a few weeks ago. Uh, we got Harvest. It's this local restaurant that serves seasonal food. And we always just chat about our ideas, our life, what's going on when we, you know, when we're able to meet in this area. And for years, we, every time we met, whether it was at Harvest or somewhere else, we were just like, we need to write a book because we kept telling all these stories and examples and things that were working and not working and the frustration of watching other artists just stop. That was a big one. I think when we graduated, we just saw a bunch of people 
people just give up completely. And it's not for everyone, but it was just such a high percentage. It was alarming that people just weren't continuing on their dream. So we were just like, we're just going to do it. And the first version was literally our blog posts that were taking off on our website. They were the most viewed articles uh, that we just kind of put together and edited into a a small guide. Um, That guide (laughs) was very successful for us at the time. And we were like, well, I guess there's something here. So we, you know, Alicia, if you want to pick up from here, we decided to expand. Yeah, I mean, I'll go back just a minute to our time in in college, actually, where I remember there was a day of finals week where I was sitting, I want to say it's in my printmaking class, because this sounds like him, that particular professor, that he would say something like this. And we were all sitting around at our tables. And I mean, it's the end of school. Everyone just wants to like go party. It's summertime. And he decided to have like a two-hour lecture (laughs) before we all left. And I remember him saying something along the lines of, look to the person to the right of you, look to the person to the left of you. When you graduate, it's likely that only one of you is going to continue to work in the art world. And I'm sure everyone else was just like, all right, guy, like whatever again, it's summer, I'm going to go party. I freaked out. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) it has to be me. I love this. I can't not have this in my life. And I think actually I went home that day and I applied to three shows. Of course, I didn't get into any of them. I was like, you know, 18, no, maybe like 20. And I didn't know what I was saying with my work yet. But still, it just goes back to this point of like, there's this gap, you know, and it doesn't even matter if you went to art school or not. If you're teaching yourself Oftentimes, it's even more difficult to get that first foot in the door. And when that gap exists, people fall into it. And then they don't make it to that first step that they need. So yes, that was the impetus for um, writing The Complete Smartest Guide. And it still blows, I think, both of our mind that that took off the way it did. But it shows that the need was there. The need was absolutely there to... um, have something to start bridging that gap. And I think now this next book was is the same kind of thing before business. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the best way to talk about this. It was such a surprise, but such a blessing. And I guess now it makes a lot of sense looking back that uh, it did so well because it was just needed. It really was. I also want to add something that, Victoria, you just mentioned about how the paralysis of not knowing can stop us or from feeling like a task, even just for beginner artists, like, oh, how do I apply to a show? How do I do this? How do I build a website? All those things become so overwhelming for people that just don't continue at all. Uh, And something that I noticed actually is that I'm the type of person, if I have an idea, I will pursue it and I will just figure it out. But it actually started happening later for me. When I learned too much information, I had this, like my strategy got so complicated that it would like prevent me from getting excited about projects. And so when I recognize that in myself, when the paralysis comes in, like, oh, I have to launch, I have to do 60 emails, 20 webinars uh, and run ads, like all that stuff takes away from the essence of what we really want to do is we want to connect with people, help people, share art or products, whatever it is that we do. So I think it's just, it's so important to keep things simple because at the end of the day, yeah, you can add all the bells and whistles if it feels right for you, but that shouldn't be the focus. The focus is the simple transaction or the sharing of what you do. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like both of you just have such an amazing way of kind of simplifying some of these concepts that can be quite um, complicated and daunting. And you just have a way of delivering it that makes sense, I think. And and it's really helpful. And like you mentioned, this could be for an artist who's just growing their art business. It could be for an entrepreneur who is wanting to maybe create a community or Alicia mentioned launch a podcast or um, coach other artists. Like there's so many different kinds of creatives that I think this book, both of your books would be really helpful for. Um, So I would also love to ask because I'm really interested in like the writing process and kind of what that entails. How did you find the writing process for each of these books? Was it similar? Was it different? How did it go in terms of just like taking all of this knowledge that you wanted to share and sort of consolidating it into those, you know, six juicy chapters? How is that? Yeah. So um, I'll have Alicia talk about her side of the writing process, but I'll share my personal experience. I really love, so I'm just someone who kind of is kind of that walks to the beat of my own drum a lot of times. So the first book, I really enjoyed the writing process because it was on her own timeline and I could just write whenever. And we still had deadlines, I think, for when, especially when we expanded it. But initially when we just decided to do it, oh my gosh, I just loved it. I was like, yes, I want to show up. Like I get all cozy. I make my coffee. I play my like focus music. And I just love that creative time without pressure. Uh, I know sometimes deadlines are very important and necessary in case of our second book, but I, I found that for me, it was it was quite difficult. And I have the same experience with art shows too. You know, I still set deadlines. I still agree to things that have deadlines. But if in a perfect world, I think I just work really well without that um, looming stress or the deadline should be reasonable. So I think the actual writing process is very enjoyable. And I know, Victoria, you love sharing, you love, you know, sharing your thoughts, sharing your views. So I feel like you would enjoy it as well, but it just, you just have to be self-aware and it was just all lessons for the future. Like how do I want to work in terms of writing and saying yes to certain timelines that might not work with me and my business. Cause remember <laughs> when you're writing a book, you still have to do all the other stuff that you're committed to. So that's what it was like for me. I'll let Alicia share her experience. So the writing process I think it's just really been helpful that we work as a team, as a pair. You know, we both have strengths and we really know how to capitalize on that. It's not something that we figured out right away. It took time, of course, but we really have our own um, structure that we work under now. And I like to outline and work from that. And then once we have that, we really just kind of go for it and write. Um, We have this really nice process where we usually work within a week, we'll write kind of the first half of the week. And then the second half, we will share what we've written with the other person so they can add, edit, um, just kind of put their perspective on it. Uh, Although I guess this book, we did a little bit longer in terms of the timeline. So instead of a week, it might've been two weeks or a month where we write a full chapter and then give it to the other person. But that's really how it worked. And it just made it a lot simpler for us to kind of go back and forth in that way. Amazing. I feel like both of you, just from how you've described the process, are very much like sort of in tandem with how you work and you have this great flow together, which is such a beautiful thing. And, you know, you have this amazing partnership, which is, I think, really special and rare. And and I always think that any project is more powerful when it integrates more than one perspective. So I really love and just appreciate that you came together and shared 
both of your experiences and thoughts and um, and advice really in in these books. So what has been, would you say, the best part, the most rewarding part of writing uh, The Smartest Guide and also now The Creative Business Handbook? Is it releasing it out into the world? <laughs> is it actually writing it? Or is it just like seeing how it how it's impacted the art community? I think for me, I love when people tag us and share and A lot of times I also am very curious about how people find me and a lot of my clients actually find me through the book and then the podcast and then, you know, create and then they'll find their way into something more like, you know, one-on-one or a program. So I just think it's a really, books are such a powerful way of sharing your perspective, your wisdom at a really accessible price. I mean, most people, I know there's exceptions, of course, there's, you know, challenges, but I think most people can afford a $20 book. And it can give a college student or a seasoned retired artist what they need. And I just think that's when people tag us, that's my favorite part, when they tell us that it made a difference for them. Yeah, I would totally agree with that answer. It makes our day, our week, our month when people either tag us or send us a private message. I love those, like just waking up to that and someone saying this particular paragraph or this chapter just really changed my perspective or it's exactly what I needed to hear or it just made me feel seen. Any of those kind of messages are so powerful and we never take any of them for granted. So if you reach out to us, thank you. Thank you. We so appreciate it. Um, I think this book, or I know this book was different in that we got to see it in stores. I mean, yes, we did get to see the first book in some stores, but, you know, like walking into a Barnes & Noble and getting to see your book on the shelf is, it's really exciting. So that was something that was very different about this particular experience. Um, That and seeing it make it to some really major national news channels, you know, we got a blog post with the New York Post, so that was awesome. Um, Yeah, so I think those are the things that definitely stood out this time around versus the first one. That's amazing. And I just want to congratulate you both because I've been seeing some of your recent press features and you are just crushing it. And I think it also speaks to the power of the book itself and just how much work you put into it, that it's so well received and making such an impact. I also wanted to chat with you a little bit about any upcoming ideas or plans for more books that you might have that you might be dreaming up? Oh man. I mean, yes. I don't know if I want to share it yet. I wish, I don't know. I kind of want to wait until there's like better news. It's not like when it's bigger than an idea, but I guess I'll give a hint in that we've always wanted to do a project, a bigger project than maybe just like blog posts or post on Instagram or a magazine issue even with art and animals. So we'll see. (laughs) Art and animals. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Totally. So for me, I'm taking a little bit of a personal detour because I've had so many things going on with the shows and, you know, all the things. And I just want to kind of play around. So I'm (laughs) very weirdly illustrating a children's book right now. Um, It's not, there's no timeline. There's nothing to be expected until if, if and when I share it, <laughs> but it's just a personal project that I'm really excited. I've been thinking about it for a long time and I think it's just fun to give yourself breaks and just make stuff for fun. I always love creating stuff. You know, obviously that's why I was able to keep doing the magazine even when it got really hard. I just love putting stuff together and 
sometimes you just need to take a moment to put something together that's silly and doesn't have like a deeper purpose. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such great advice. And I know something you're always encouraging artists to do is just, and I actually think that that advice is so great for if you are experiencing any kind of creative block or if you're in a funk, it's like, just make something, anything just to get yourself creating and like enjoying the process again. And I think you're tapping into something that is coming up in both of our answers. Like, Obviously, we were so excited to do this book. It was a great process. And yes, there were ups and downs, but ultimately we're happy with the end result and everything that's come out of it. But, you know, it was so much work. And this one was also a much more, it was an expedited timeline in terms of the writing, which was really difficult. Um, obviously not in terms of when it actually was published, because that that whole process That's takes a, a two plus years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the writing was three months. So it was just very intense. Um, a lot of very intense periods of writing and putting this together. So although we're still very much advocates for sharing advice about business and about your art career and that kind of stuff, obviously we need a break. <laughs> so you're seeing in these next projects that we want to do, they're a lot more personal, a lot more intimate. They're fun. They're a lot more lighthearted. <laughs> we'll get back to business and sharing those things eventually because this year actually has been a big test for both of us in a lot of ways. So we'll, we're definitely going to have some lessons that we want to share with you all maybe in a year or two once we're once we process them ourselves. But for now, we really just kind of want those lighthearted projects to to give our give ourselves a little break, have fun, and not think about the heavy business stuff for a little bit. Yeah. And I think that like anytime you release a big project, especially writing a book that is has so many practical strategies and just so much knowledge and insight, it's really important to balance that out with taking some personal time to just kind of recuperate and get back to what it is you both love doing. A question that I had for you also regarding the book is, I mean, I know there are so many nuggets of wisdom in there, but what would be like if you had to either choose one chapter or just a, I guess, a piece of advice that you would give to an artist or an artpreneur who is starting a creative business, what would your number one piece of advice be? I'm always very transparent about this. I had a really rough season. Like it was ironic when it (laughs) happened when the book came out and I know it was just a test from the universe, but I was just, I was getting pummeled. Like if you imagine like getting caught in a riptide, that was me like all spring and summer. And one piece of advice I would give it, well, I guess there's multiple in this answer bundle, a bundle of advices is just not take things so seriously, especially when you fail. Like it can be so discouraging. I found myself just going through these cycles of beating myself up in retrospect. What could I have done? Uh, I suck. I failed. How, how, how could I be so stupid or how could I not see this coming? And honestly, like all those things, they're going to come again. I know. And like, maybe a year, maybe five years or even 20 years, they might happen again. And I just have to have some grace and gentleness for myself because I was doing the best I could in those moments where maybe I just didn't do the right thing or life happened. And I always try to take responsibility, but in some cases things change so fast in the world that you just can't keep up. So I think just having grace for yourself, having some lightness, being able to laugh or at least, you know, at least give yourself a little pressure off, like knowing it's not the end of the world. You can make more money. You can start again. You can try something different. 
not blaming yourself because I know when I'm in a place of shame and finding fault, it just does not motivate me. (laughs) I don't want to keep going. But when I'm like, okay, this didn't work, but I know things have worked and I know I can do this because I have this and this success. And, you know, even on a small scale, if this thing worked out, why not try something else? Cause it might work again. So I think just being gentle and knowing like, just because you won once, it's like playing sports. You might win a game and the next game you might lose. Doesn't mean you're a horrible athlete. It just means whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's such powerful advice too because we could never predict uh, what's going to happen or the challenges that arise. It really does come down to how we handle things and giving ourselves grace and knowing that um, I think it's also like trusting ourselves that when something comes up, we will be able to figure out uh, the solution. We will be able to find a way. And I feel that that requires so much trust and like self-belief. But if we can get to that point, then we become so much less afraid of those things happening because we lean into the fact that we will be able to make it through. Yeah. I love that response so much. It's definitely something that we've both been going through this year. So it's been a learning journey. I mean, being an entrepreneur is always, (laughs) you are always learning. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally like the meme, right? It's like that like spiral (laughs) that you go through every day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I think just I'll add on to cats before giving my own piece of advice that I want to pick. So my add on to that is don't bottle it in, like find either a community or, um, maybe a business partner <laughs> that you can find share an Alicia. Stuff with. <laughs> find a cat <laughs> because it is so difficult when you try and deal with all this stuff alone. And when you open up, even if it's to one other entrepreneur like you, you may very well know or find out that they're dealing with the exact same thing. Because Kat kind of touched on this. You get into this spiral of it's me. I made this mistake. I'm so stupid. Why didn't I see this coming? But then when you speak about it, you often find that they're dealing with it too. And then you realize it's a bigger thing. It's not me. It's not about me. So um, I'm really grateful, of course, that I have Kat. I also have a women entrepreneurship group that I meet with regularly and just hearing the same kind of things from them is also wonderful. Even if it's just someone you can commiserate with, it's invaluable to have that. So that's my add-on tip to Kat's advice. My, (laughs) My advice though is very much business oriented, but probably something you wouldn't think of first. You really have to know your audience. So kind of going back to the example that we gave with our first book, we didn't do this, but it worked out for us because we knew or we ended up tapping into that need. Now, again, we didn't know this. It worked out successfully in our favor because the need was there. But if you are intentionally starting a business now, you really need to know your audience first. I think so many people get caught up with trying to make the perfect product, the perfect website. I need to make the perfect kind of content on Instagram, whatever those things are for you. We all get sucked into that. And we've all had to, if you're going to build a business and keep it growing, we've all had to learn (laughs) that that's not your focus. Your focus needs to be finding out who your audience is and what they actually want from you. Because if you're not able to do that, you really, you're not going to have a business for the long term. So that's my tip. I want to add something to that too. That's brilliant, Alicia. And I'm very grateful for Alicia. She's the worst at me. (laughs) I'm like trying to cheer everyone up and I'm like, Alicia, I'm dying. (laughs) But I want to add on to 
the fact that yes, know your audience, but you, the shortcut to that, I want to add, if you're like, well, how do I know my audience? Yes, you can do surveys. Yes, you can have question stickers. Those are all practical things you can do. But honestly, the biggest thing that helped me is like, what do I need? Or what did I need last year? What did I need five years ago? Or what do I love talking about? Because if you're forcing yourself to create a product or a course or, you know, even a book that you think is going to do well, but you actually are so bored by it, like it's it's going to go somewhere, but it's not going to really be the thing you're so delighted to talk about every day. Um, and that's why, you know, when I started the Art Queens, I just did something because I felt really, I'll share a very concrete example. I felt, you know, I had Alicia, of course, I'm always so grateful for Alicia, but other than her, I felt ostracized. I felt scared. I felt extremely unsafe in my art community at that moment. And I just wanted other people who were ambitious, kind, uh, wanted a safe space, but I also wanted an elevated space. I didn't want just people like having a pity party. I wanted us to like drive each other and motivate each other. So I just made something that I needed. And at the time it was like divine timing because then COVID happened and we all needed that space. I couldn't predict (laughs) that. So it's like, do your part, do your 10% and the universe is going to do the 90% when you're honest, when you're um, following your own intuition and your own needs. I think when you use your own needs and try to help others with them, that's when the magic starts to happen. See, this is why we work so well together. (laughs) Our answers like always fit with the others. (laughs) Yeah, we're the best. I'm just kidding. You're such a great team. (laughs) Yeah, you're an amazing team. I really feel like even just, you know, this is my first time chatting with you both at the same time. Like, not the first, but like in this kind of way, we're actually having a discussion, all three of us about the same topic. And I can really feel your energy and just like how in sync you are, how much you've collaborated over the years really shows. And I think it's so beautiful that you have that relationship. And also it's really necessary because like you're saying, when we start out as artists, whether we are just growing our art businesses or whether we are you know, growing a creative business, I think that it can feel really isolating a lot of the time. So to have someone who you really connect with or to have a a community of people who you really connect with and feel supported by and that you support in turn is like, I think the most powerful thing and such a necessity for artists, for entrepreneurs, for anyone in the creative realm, and really for anyone who's getting started in business. But I love what you said about Um, knowing your audience and then also thinking about what has been helpful for you um, and like where you've had gaps uh, in learning or, you know, where you've like had some difficulty finding answers. I think that a lot of artists come out of art school (laughs) with a lot of unanswered questions. Um, But also when it comes to starting a business, right? If you don't have an MBA, if you haven't taken formal business courses, there's going to be so much uncharted territory. So the more you can have that community around you for support, but then also thinking like, what would be helpful for me? Because chances are, if this is helpful for me, it's probably going to help to serve others. So I just think so much powerful advice that you both shared. And uh, I want to just sort of wrap up this amazing conversation by asking you, like any final thoughts with the book? I think it's such a huge when for you to release this out into the world earlier this year. I know it's going to impact so many creatives worldwide. Um, any final thoughts in terms of the book and then also where can we find the book? 
Yeah. So I think for me, I just really wanted to create this resource that is accessible to people. Um, The final thoughts is just use it. You don't have to read it straight through. Just flip it open to a place where, you know, lands for you at this season. And people can find it. The exciting thing, as Alicia mentioned, you can go to Barnes & Noble. Now, you know, we are working with a relatively small publisher, so there might not be tons of copies, so do call ahead, but you can order it online at any bookstore, bookshop.org. Anywhere books are sold in your country, it should be available for you, which is really nice. And yeah, I just really hope it's helpful. We hope it's helpful, but it probably (laughs) will be for a lot of you. Uh, You know, if you're really just starting out and need that that kind of push from friendly people who aren't super businessy, but we figured out how to do it, then we're probably for you. Um, My final thought actually is very different. It's that if you are now inspired to maybe write your own book, if you have an idea, know that, you know, we, we're not that special. (laughs) Like, yes, we are in like a, in certain ways, but you know, we're not like these crazy business, (laughs) we're not these crazy like business gurus, you know, we're two people that built businesses and now we're sharing what we learned. And so I just kind of hope that people see us and our book. And I know so many people have a great idea for a book out there. So I guess, yeah, part of my takeaway is like, I hope that you guys can do this too. Like it's, it's something that's accessible and available to you if you want it. Um, it's, it's something that has come up since we released this second book. People have been like, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. And I just want to be like, yes, you can, you can too. Um, so yeah, that's something that I've been thinking about more recently and Kat already covered where you can get it. So please do (laughs) and leave us a review. Speaking of (laughs) Speaking of, I see a book in Victoria. My crystal ball says that <laughs> Victoria is going to write a book. So I feel like you have some amazing things to share too and help others. And I just, there's never enough books. I mean, when did we read one book and have all the information that we need? Our tiny, I mean, yes. our book is hopefully comprehensive, but it's just one speck in a world of information and experiences. And we hope you add your experience as well. Um yeah, I totally agree. Oh, and the other thing I want to share too is, um, Alicia mentioned, yes, we never pretend we know everything. And even now, like I am very honest about my struggles. They're different than the struggles I had when I was really doubtful and had no idea what I was doing. These are like growing pains. And I think it's really important for me to, to normalize them because I don't want this to be like, oh, we did it. Here's our book. Here's how you can do it too. It's an ongoing, it's every day is looking in the mirror or looking at your, you know, goals and being like, okay, how can I be my best self? How can I navigate this challenge? How can I come out of this horrible situation? Um, whatever mm. it is that you're going through, it's every single day. It's, there's no arriving, you know, there's, and if someone, I think it's a red flag when someone has like this very finite. Uh, checklist of like, do these five things and you'll be a millionaire. Like, yes, but then there's every day, every day you just have to show up. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. I'll, do, I'll add one last thing then. <laughs> so I think <laughs> you open that's up why, a can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I won't. I won't. Just this last thing. And that's why it was so important for us to include the chapter on mindset. So yes, mm-hmm. we have all the practical tips and we love the resources and tools and links and all of the programs that we use. But there's a full chapter dedicated to the emotional aspect of being an entrepreneur because like Kat said, sometimes that is just what gets people. You know, you're doing all the right things. You are making sales. You are, you know, you have the website, whatever, all of those 
great things that you need to run a business, yes, but you can get stuck. And then if you just put yourself in a downward spiral from all of the things that are going on in your head, oh, it's so heartbreaking. It's so hard. So um, yeah, that's that's something that I hope that people focus on, especially in the book, because you need to do a lot of inner work. <laughs> Being an entrepreneur is going to challenge you, but it can be one of the most rewarding things in your life too. Absolutely. Wait, one more thing. <laughs> one more thing. As the legendary artist, he goes by Let's Paint.tv on Instagram. I love that man with oh, all yes. my heart. He painted our ice cream portrait. If if you ever seen me post Alicia and I as ice cream cones, he is the yes, genius behind that painting. <laughs> so he has like, I think t-shirts and even underwear that say embrace failure, but it's spelled wrong. It's spelled with like AI. It's amazing. So final tip is embrace failure. Embrace failure. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag embrace failure. I'm going to use that now. I love that. And also... I need to see this painting. I don't know if I've seen it. So now I'm very curious. It's so good. amazing. (laughs) It's just like a small painting too. Yeah, just like two little cones. It's actually called a double scoop. Two little cones and then our heads <laughs> on top of it instead of scoops of ice cream. <laughs> so one flavor is so good. Did you Alicia. see this ASAP? I will definitely be requesting it right after this recording. And you yes. have to follow that man. He paints on the bicycle and he does crazy stuff. He's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh my gosh. But I just want to share like in response to, to what you are both – talking about and sharing, which is, I do think that when you launch any kind of creative endeavor, and in the case that we're chatting about, you know, say a creative business, it does test you in so many ways. Building a career as an artist tests you in so many ways. And I think that like just in general, going out and pursuing your dreams, um, doing something that's a little bit off the beaten path, starting something from scratch, it requires so much strength and like I think you almost have to have like an unwavering belief in yourself to keep it going and to sustain it. But I love that you included the chapter about mindset because one thing I always share, which I have really come to feel this so deeply within myself, and I share this with artists a lot, which is totally in line with what you're both saying, and that is if you can have all of the practical skills in the world, if the mindset is like, if your mindset is not strong, or if it's just like, you know, if you start to experience, which we all do experience moments of self doubt and like wondering if we're doing the right thing, of course, those are going to come. But I think that your mindset really needs to be like the foundation, like your number one focus, actually, <laughs> because all of the skills, all of the tools, all of the the practical, actionable steps will come and you can learn them. But if you have all of those skills and your mind just in your heart, they're just not in it, or you're finding that you're just not like able to sustain that belief in yourself or find the strength to push on, then those skills don't amount to anything. You know, there's like they're kind of become a little bit pointless. And I've learned, I've gone through this as well over the past few years since launching my own business, those moments where, you know, Kat, you were sharing, like you really feel like life is testing you. And it's in those moments that you've got to kind of turn within and utilize some mindset strategies and just really get your mind in the best place possible because it is challenging. And 
you will be tested so many times. So I think it's really important because um, even I find myself at times getting really caught up on the how and I try to shift away from that. I mean, yes, there's an element of like that is important when you're building something. You do need to know how to, how to build it and what steps to take. Uh, but I find that the more I can kind of go within and um, and trust myself and you know stay solution oriented and keep an optimistic mindset and just all of that, um, everything else flows so much easier. So I just really appreciate that you acknowledge that and that you included that in the book and that you're also really advocating for that. Thank you. That's so important. And I know this for myself too. I mean, even with simple stuff, not even with business, but let's just say you're like, uh, like you're feeling down and cranky and you try to go for a run. It's like the worst run ever. It's like, it's not like you just forgot how to run all of a sudden. It's just like your energy is all funky and you can't focus on a single task. So I think it's so important to just get yeah, spend a few minutes each day, just setting up, whether it's journaling or going on a walk and just getting yourself excited about what you're doing. And believing in yourself, like you said, unwavering faith in yourself. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you both so much for joining me today. I'm really excited about all the incredible work that you are doing. Just two brilliant minds that came together and are continuing to help artists and entrepreneurs across the globe. So thank you both so much for the amazing impact that you are making. Um, in the art community and beyond. And I will include in the show notes links to uh, your websites where our amazing listeners can get copies of the books um, and all of that good stuff will be in there. But I want to wish you both the best of luck, you know, moving forward. I know that there are so many more projects and endeavors that you will tackle and I'm just so excited to see what they are. So thank you for all that you do and thank you for joining me today. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in and supporting our platform. To learn more about New Visionary Magazine, head over to visionaryartcollective.com magazine. You can order individual copies on Amazon or subscribe annually to digital issues. We also have opportunities to get featured in the magazine, so be sure to join our newsletter and follow us on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or tag us on Instagram. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.